Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Daily Thread. Welcome back. It's good to be back. Another day, another thread. We got a lot to talk about. First, want to go ahead and delve into the mailbox from yesterday's episode. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We are um, evoking a lot of responses uh, from people. And you know what? We're just talking about everyday things that people talk yeah. about, you know? So we got an email, and we'll respond to this. I'm not going to say his name because I think he wants to be anonymous. It's a long email, so bear with me. Thank you very much for this amazing podcast. A day has not gone by that I don't listen to it. I have an issue with the approach posed with regard to anti-Semitism by both Gordons. Mm-hmm. The Meshachachma in Parshas Bahalaischa discusses the way a Jew should act in Gullus, and he explains that we should not be the center of attention and rather should stick to ourselves and our community. He warned that if we do not, then we will face harsh anti-Semitism. Don't you think boycotting the Nets is overstepping our boundaries and putting us in the, in the limelight? Aren't we in Gullus? I'm not saying that we should let all anti-Semitism fly. Rather, I think that it's important that we use these reminders that we are in Gullus and how much we wish to return to Hashem. In my opinion, the whole approach to Kanye West was also wrong. Let's face it, Kanye really doesn't care about what we think. And by per- and by protesting, we just open the door for more anti-Semitism as now exhibited by Kyrie Irving. This is exactly what the Meshachachma warned about. Parentheses, this is the famous piece piece which many Gajalim say warned about the impending Holocaust. End of parentheses. Mm-hmm. Once again, thank you for the amazing podcast. Um, if this email is shared, please do not use my name and I won't. Okay. Um, what do you think about that? Well, first of all, um, I think we are um, we have to put everything in, in, in proper context. Uh, number one, um, it doesn't make sense that there's 7 billion people in the world and 13 million Jews. You know, the number of Jews in the world is um, is um, less than the margin of error in the Chinese census. Okay. You know, when they're counting the number of people in China, which is today 1.4 billion people, when they're off by 100 million, it's statistical uh, anomaly. It doesn't really matter. Okay. And we're just, we're just what did I say, 13 million people? Maybe yeah. it's up to 14 million people in the world. Um, Curious where you're going with this. Six million people. I'm, I'm talking about the fact that... Um, we're a tiny uh, fraction uh, of the population of the world uh, and how we feel and how we react to things shouldn't even be a blip on the screen, but we're living in the head of the world. So how does that, how, how is that a response to what he was saying? Well, he, he was saying that uh, he thinks we shouldn't be uh, attract drawing attention to ourselves. Yeah, we shouldn't be we, reacting. We, 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 no, you can't, you can't just, uh, first of all, you live in the modern world, number one, uh, uh, number two. Uh, and we just can't make believe that we're in the shtetl and uh, not react to things and just be the world's uh, and history's uh, victim. There's no need for that anymore. There are very sound and um, um, good sources uh, for standing up for yourself. And, and speaking out, and not just being history's victim, which is how the Jewish people have been uh, looked at and perceived for, I don't know, I, w- I was going to say hundreds of years, but come to think of it, it's a couple of thousand years that that's the case. Do you think that, do you think that we're overreacting when it comes to stories like this, specifically Kyrie Irving? Do you think it's, eh, it's a non-story, let it be, move on, it'll Passover. Do you think we're re- well, overreacting? No. Well, first of all, we're doing a daily podcast, so we have to talk about something. So okay, but that's like, good for us. You know, it's good I, for the news. You know, yeah, let me. The, the, whoever wins the election next year, next week in the United States, Senate, Senate, the, the House. You know, CNN has this perspective, and Fox has the other perspective. But to them, the main focus is that this is newsman. 
This is keeping us in business and keeping people glued to their okay, radios well, and TVs. That aside, the the. Well, everybody has their uh, their order of uh, of priority, and 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 uh, so again, I mean, I'm not, I don't mean to be facetious, but in terms of us, uh, this is good subject matter. I, I get in terms that. of I, you know, I said in the very beginning, as a person, as a person, I, I don't, I don't, I don't uh, attribute a great deal of power uh, to Kanye West. I told you that last week or two weeks ago, or even to to Kyrie Irving. Um, there maybe they are maybe they're fine people, you know. Um, Kyrie Irving went to Duke, like that guy Rich Eisen said. Uh, so he's a college graduate, and uh, I don't know he, if he graduated. He left after he like left one after or two one, years, one, one season. No, so, yeah. so he didn't graduate. Listen, uh, um, what's her name? Alexandria Ocasio Cortez went to Boston University. I don't know what she took before she became a congresswoman. <clears throat> she was a bartender. So I'm just saying that uh, um, everything has to be viewed in in context and. Uh, Jews should be uh, speaking out and not cowering and not acting fearful. And um, if there's something that troubles us, uh, it, it, uh, it behooves us uh, to, uh, to speak up, to stand up and speak out. So um, with, with all due respect to the, to the Meshach Chachma, I understand that in, in, when it's viewed in its proper context. Okay. We have uh, a couple more things I more want to emails? bring up. Yeah. Um, this is... I guess the flip side, I'm sure there will be a Jewish night during Hanukkah like every year in the Barclay Center, and we are all going to be there like losers. Uh-huh. That's the whole... <laughs> <laughs> That's the whole feedback. That's the whole thing. And another and another piece of feedback we got was, uh, it's more than that. Where's the, where's the rest of the NBA players? When they care about a cause, they never shy away from the microphone. How about Marcus Stroman, who plays in another massive Jewish market in Chicago, throwing support behind Kyrie and Kanye West? Unfortunately, the problem was a lot deeper than just Kyrie Irving. Well, I don't think the NBA... Uh, 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 Where's Adam Silver, who's a Jewish commissioner? Uh, the NBA is there to entertain uh, sports fans, not to make social commentary. And um, uh, but, uh, but what happened, uh, Clement's question, what happened, what happened with, uh, during the George Floyd riots? What happened with BLM? Yeah, that, when, that was when, when, when we talked about what uh, Madonna thinks about Donald Trump or what uh, Bella, what's her name, Haddad, Haddad? Whatever, whatever, whatever they what they think about Donald Trump. Who cares? They're over their heads. Whatever they say about it, yes, they're going to say about it. They have a hundred million followers, but whatever they say doesn't matter. It's not there. It's not. You're not. You're not going to call your dentist and ask him to fix your sink. What do, what do you? What do you like? What do you define as? It doesn't matter. Because to me, what when something influences. Um, Millions of people, it matters. Well, it doesn't, what ma- what, to you, what is considered, it matters. It, it doesn't matter. When, was, when something doesn't matter, you let it flow through you. It, you, you, you. You read it, you hear it, you think about it for uh, two minutes, you let it go. And it dissolves into the uh, to the unisphere or the blogosphere or whatever sphere, whatever sphere you call them, what you want you want to refer to it as. These guys don't matter. Why are you stopping and giving them so much so much power? The flip side of the first letter that you read, by the way, you know, uh, I don't want to get off on a tangent, although you say that this entire podcast is uh, one big tangent. a tangent, which is probably what makes it so popular anyway, but that's a side uh, observation. It's tangent on a tangent. Yeah, go I'm, on. That I'm making tangentially. Uh, let me just say- Is that, I, a, word? Is that was, a word? Yes. <laughs> tangentially? Yes, trust me. Trust me. You can look it up. Trust me. Um, I, I, was, I was pretty close with Rabbi Mary Kahana. Okay. Okay. In the 1970s, I interviewed him a lot- uh, I went to Washington with him once. I hosted a radio program with him once, right after the Israeli elections, by the way, on WMCA with Barry Farber. 
I wrote about him a lot. I interviewed him on the radio quite a few times, and um, I admired him. Uh, and he was a guy, there was no uh, social media. To, you know, I heard him speak in Brooklyn College. He couldn't speak today in Brooklyn College. He'd be canceled, should be canceled. They wouldn't let him in, in the same zip code as Brooklyn College or any other college today. But he was famous for saying a few things. And one of, the, one of his things was he started an organization called The Jewish Idea. And I hope I'm getting it right, but he said, um, he said that uh, what we need, the Jewish idea was a Jewish head with a Jewish fist. That's what that was his thing. What does that mean? You have to your, your head has to be in 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 Liman Hatorah, in davening, in 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 kavana, in 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 uh, being a shomer Torah mitzvah. But you also have to have a Jewish fist. And you don't back up. When you need your fist, you daven, you daven. It's time to daven, you daven. When you when you time to use your fist, you have to use your fist. That was his. That was what he was known for. That's why people condemned him. But um, <laughs> Hashem said the same thing to Moshe Rabbeinu when they before they before they 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 uh, crossed uh, the Yam, before they crossed the Yam, you know, and it was a division amongst the Klal Yisrael what to do, and one faction wanted to, they wanted to daven to Hashem, and Hashem said enough davening already. Now it's time to move. Now it's time to get going. There's a time for everything. Okay. On to the next the next topic. Uh, we could discuss, you know, the upcoming election, obviously, Lee Zeldin, Kathy Hockle, and, and everyone's taking their sides now, like Color War. Uh, Lee Zeldin, by and large, has been getting a ton of support from the firm communities. Right, um, right. it's increasing, it's increasing. Or should we call him Maisha Zeldin? We, we played that song yesterday that is that is number one <laughs> on the Apple charts, I think, right now. Yeah. And Vote for Zeldin. Yeah, you, you got that. Should I give you some what's harmony? The, what's the rest of the... I don't know, I, I, I don't speak Yiddish. Zeldin. Hot the plan, something like that. I don't know. A little bit of English, a little bit of Yiddish. Anyways, a headline that did come out yesterday was that the Satmar Rebbe, the Aaron in in Monroe, he came out in support of Kathy Hockel. You need a scorecard. You have to understand that Aaron Teitelbaum <laughs> runs Monroe. Um, Zalman Leib um, runs uh, Williamsburg. And Zalman Leib came out in support of Zeldin. Zalman Leib came out along with uh, I think with Bubov and Bells uh, for Zeldin. And the news broke last night that uh, Huckle uh, promised uh, the Monroe community something between fifty-five and ninety-four million dollars. Well, one second, one second. When you say the news broke, well, it became known to to the public or to you. Um, it became known to the public, I believe, because where did you see that? I got an email last night. I am not allowed to look at my phone. You don't like that when I look at my phone. You look at your phone, but I can't look at my phone. But uh, I, I can look it up now. But uh, I got it from one of the Jewish websites from a reliable source. It's reliable? Yes. So they're, they're not, not, not giving them money to bribe them for their vote. They're giving them money because they need some kind of a funding. water system. You know, for $94 million water system, which you could probably buy in Home Depot for $199.99. Okay. If it's not on sale. Probably for less <laughs> when it's on sale. You, <laughs> but they're giving them $94 million. So it's like a pay-to-play sitch. Yeah, so that, that's only that's 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 one aspect of that. But I also heard last night... Is it was it, is this also on the record? <laughs> everything's on the record here. Okay. I also heard last night that uh, it's true that the, the, the Satman Rebbe in... Uh, and I'm sure a lot of Satmar Hasidim in Monroe are listening to this. Oh, I'm sure a ton. 
And uh, we don't need a ton. You need a few influential people. In Jewish life, you don't need a ton. You don't need a ton. You need yeah. a couple of people that have influence to listen. And, and Ten- Tangentially. And, 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 and it's, uh, it's, it's like tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of people. Okay. That's how Jewish life so works. That's you're, why you're leaving everyone on a cliffhanger. What's the other piece of news oh, that you Oh, the other piece of news is that um, even though the Rebbe in uh, Monroe is endorsing officially Huckle, the word on the street is vote for Zeldin. So what you go? That, that's why. That, that, that's the magic of a secret ballot. You know what? I was thinking this morning that this is a um, in Israel the election yesterday and and the election coming up here in in the U.S. next week. This is the magic uh, of America. You know that five, there's seven billion people in the world and five billion people live in countries where there's never an election. Really, China is never an election. North Korea is never an election. Sometimes they have a make-believe election. Iran, there's never an election. Um, uh, uh, there's so many countries where there's never elections. The Palestinian Authority, which is only I don't know two, three million people, maybe. Uh, uh, they have Mohammed Abbas was elected to a four-year term fourteen years ago, mm. and <laughs> there hasn't been another election since then. We are amongst two billion people in the world. Here in India, where, where there is 1.3 or 1.4 billion people, and the United States and England and a few other countries that have uh, legitimate democratic elections. That's, that's and that's very that's very unique. And you have to you have to take a step back and appreciate the beauty of uh, now. Of course, some people uh, have tried to corrupt that process <laughs> because it's so good and so pure that it it almost begs for being corrupted. And we, we've seen that I happen think, here. I think something that we saw that happened yesterday, and and the news right now is that Benjamin Netanyahu is victorious in the Israeli elections to become the next prime minister, which is his sixth term? Well, term? you know, I don't know I don't know what term it is. He was, he was prime minister for 10 years in a row until he got uh, bopped out. But you see, also, there's interesting parallel always between whatever's going on in Israel and whatever's going on in the United States for some reason. For example... Uh, if the Trump uh, lost to uh, to Biden, we've had two years of a Biden administration, which has been an absolute disaster on every level for the country. And uh, in Israel, they had, uh, I guess, a little Tully bit Bennett. more than a year. They had, uh, you know, they, they uh, what's his name? Now, Tully Bennett, he wanted to break new ground. He meant well. He wanted to create a, a Jewish government that was dependent on an Arab party for their majority. Uh, you know, I his intentions were good. You know, yeah. I'm not coming out against him. He's uh, he he meant well, but it was a disaster. <laughs> you can't have it's, it. We're not ready yet. I I think it's it was really inspiring to see the amount of Haredim that went out yesterday and voted in Eretz And I think that a lot of that had to do with the leadership, with the Rabbanim, with Rav Gershon Edelstein, and um, and others going to to vote. And um, it, it it made it made a big impression that voting is is a holy thing to do because this is. You know, this is our this is our bechira right now. Well, you have between uh, Shas and United Torah Judaism, which are the, the Shas party and the Haredi party (UTJ). You have about fifteen seats between the two of them, and then you have uh, Itamar Ben Gvir uh, uh, and Betzalel Smorich, with the National Religious Party. Also, uh, I think they're going to end up with fourteen seats. So you have um, amongst. I'm not even talking about the religious members and the and the Likud. I'm talking about you have a 120-person parliament and you have 30 people from from parties. That's 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 a makes power. a difference. Really I mean, nice. that means Israel is 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 finally you know they tried the, another way. It didn't work. They're going on the right track. I think we're we're really moving towards Mashiach vibes. You know, we have El Al, which is now owned by <laughs> Afrimayid and Kenny Rosenberg and his family. 
Uh, there was a time people people forget that LL flew on Chavez. Remember, like, there was a time where they had that issue where they were flying on Chavez. Yeah, and now we're owned, owned by a from Jew. And now <coughs> the, the government in Israel also is is hopefully heading into the religious area, which the yeshivas will be taken care of and the Haredim will be taken care of, and they'll be machshav of the right things. Well, there's different there's different types. You know, we mentioned this once in the last few weeks about how do you run a country today. Um, Without there being technical chilo Shabbos on some level, there's different types of chilo Shabbos. You know, you have, you have in an emergency uh, around here and in other parts of the United States, where let's say, for example, there's uh, Hatzalah or, uh, or or other organizations uh, that uh, in an emergency you have to you have to you know not being machal Shabbos, the Hilchas Shabbos gets suspended halachically. Uh, um, but you uh, you have what they call you know chilul shabbos b'fahesia, and this was the this was the philosophy of the non-religious parties that uh, Israel is a, a a state like every other state, and the buses should run on Shabbos, mm. you know, and the trains should run on Shabbos. But here's the and thing: the planes should fly on Shabbos. It's not a state like every other state. It's the only Jewish state in the okay, world. Okay, but uh, the people need to express that. Now I saw that uh, Israel has like nine million. Uh, people, uh, I think 9 million total, I think 20% is Arab, and uh, just over 4 million people voted yesterday, just like 62%. Is that low, or is that high? Listen, there's a great deal at stake, 62% of the eligible voters voted, what did everybody else do, what were they doing? They weren't at work. Falafel, shawarma, (laughs) I don't know. They weren't at work, what were they doing? And on the topic of of voting and politics, I think it's, it's interesting to bring up, it's funny, I'll show a picture here if I can find it. Of. I'm going to try to find it. There's a picture yesterday of Bill de Blasio riding on the subway with a mask. Oh, yeah. Dressed in, look, it looks like he's homeless, honestly. Yeah. But um, dressed in, you'll see, hopefully, if I find that picture. But it, it's crazy. It's very interesting to see who the from the from Jews, and I say when I say from Jews, I'm talking about local elections. Let's say governor, senate. You know, the Aguda has a, yeah, so, the Aguda yeah. has a voice when it comes to, you know, who to vote for. And, and, um, who we align ourselves with. And it's so it's so difficult because we always want to hedge. Like, for example, you know, it seems like a lot are going all in when it comes to Lee Zeldin. But what happens if Kathy Hockle wins? And we're on the outs with her because we really got behind Lee Zeldin. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that that's why maybe the Aguda really tries to stay sort of neutral Even-handed. or play both hands or other organizations as well. They, they, don't, they don't go all in um, because... You never know what's going to happen. You need to have good relationships with whoever is going to be in power. But at the same time, when in the past, some of our organizations and people who represent a lot of Jews mm-hmm. have gotten behind uh, people like Bill de Blasio and Eric Eric Adams, who's who's well, now the listen, mayor. There's no difference between, uh, as far as I can see, Bill de Blasio and Eric Adams, and there's no difference no. between Kathy Huckle and, uh, Mario, Andrew, and, Cuomo. and Andrew Cuomo. You know, I don't think anybody would have had a chance against Andrew Cuomo because he would have been going for his fourth term as governor. He has name recognition. Uh, people most of the time vote and do a lot of things in their life without any thought process whatsoever. Without, like I said yesterday, they don't need any information to make a decision. Uh, and they just go ahead with the with, with the with the popular. How do, again, the something, popular thing. something that we're seeing is that the Jewish vote is an extremely powerful asset. Lee Zeldin and Kathy Hochul have both, although Lee Zeldin a, a lot more, has been campaigning in the in the from in the from communities. They're trying to win that from vote. That account. I don't know what percentage of, of the vote that accounts for, but I do feel like that whatever percentage it is, it does tip the scale one way or another, especially in such a close race. 
Um, uh, absolutely. But uh, the thing, if, if Zeldin wins, and of course, you know, I hope he does. Uh, um, we've endorsed him in the, in the paper. We've spoken to him uh, about, uh, about him a lot here. Um, I think that um, what, we're, uh, what we're dealing with is uh, having to make a decision based on something that's greater than uh, just the money that they can dole out to you. Um, I mean, there's, there's although there's no reason not to believe that if, if Lee Zeldin does win, that he will take care of, you know, our our sh- our our needs and our infrastructures financially. Yeah, well, there's there's the the, the You're saying there's more the, than that. The, the New York State Board of Regents has declared war on the yeshiva system in New York. Uh, they want to get into the classrooms of uh, all the yeshivas. Okay, uh, they say it's only yeshivas that have a little bit of deficiency in secular subjects, like not teaching enough math, not science. And you know, and the problem is uh, um, is um, more pronounced by the fact that these uh, educational institutions are taking government funding, which maybe they should have not have done. But um, you know, there's something you said about letting the status quo be. Just 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 let it be. They're, they're functioning. They're producing good people. Uh, their kids don't graduate. So with, they waged uh, war out of, out of the blue. Yeah, and and they want to get their they want to get their their foot in the door to talk to to encourage them uh, allegedly to uh, to uh, teach more science and more English and more math. But they really want to get in there to teach about uh, uh, revisionism. They want to talk about they want they want to introduce the whole idea of critical race theory uh, that America was really founded way before, uh, you know, uh, 1776. Uh, it was really founded by uh, other groups and uh, they were hijacked by, by someone else with a political agenda. And of course, they want to t- teach about uh, uh, lifestyles that are anathema and repugnant. Uh, to, should be to all, to all young people in, in terms of, uh, you know, the, this whole transgender uh, concept which is uh, has has gained momentum uh, nationally and not because it's important it only gained momentum because uh, once again <laughs> back to what we were talking about a few minutes ago they want they, it's it, it, get, it gets people to watch the news and the people that are delivering the news and doing the podcasts are the people that are in the business of getting people to watch the, the, the thing is the thing that you just said like that can get you in a lot of trouble with calling the transgender movement repugnant I I said the I no, I didn't say that I didn't say that you misunderstood me. <laughs> no, no, no. Me. I said uh, I said things uh, that doesn't belong in the classroom. With uh, are you saying with, there's no place for it in, in the classroom? Not 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 with not with second and third and fourth graders. Not with fourth, fifth, and sixth. Uh, I agree. Four, five, and six year old kids. You don't have to be. Uh, you don't have to say that the from community or the orthodox community is different than everybody else. This is something that parents around the country are objecting to and protesting the school boards about. And this is the this is the fight, and it's nothing to do with uh, whether we're Jewish or Shomer Shabbos or or, or it has nothing to do with it. They want to get their foot in the door on math and science and English, but the agenda I'm saying is much 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 broader, yeah, uh, uh, and much greater, but, and that's what we have to protect against. Yeah, let's be real. Go to, go to every single major accounting firm in the city and tell me how many what percentage of the accounts there are Jewish. Go to Price Waterhouse. Go. You know, like, go, go tell me how many from Jews are, oh, are sitting know, there. Uh, and don't tell, you know, our math is fine and our science is fine. But I do agree with you that it, it is to get in and teach uh, critical yeah. race theory and, and, and the others. You know, I was just, I was looking up, uh, I thought we were going to talk about uh, some more election stuff. I was always curious about Herschel Walker. You know, <laughs> how, how do you get the first name Herschel? Herschel? <laughs> <laughs> How do you get the How first he, name Herschel? Sweet, sweet, uh, right? What? His name is. No, his name is Herschel Jr. Walker. I just looked it up this morning, but you know what his wife's name name is? What? 
Her maiden name was Grossman. Cynthia Get Gro- out of here. Cynthia Grossman. <laughs> yeah, but what does his wife's name have to do with his I name? I don't know. If he had children with her, they could be Jewish kids if she's Jewish. I don't know I don't know if she's halakhically or technically Jewish. Cynthia Grossman? Cynthia Grossman yeah, but is her name. I don't think he was... Herschel Walker was named Herschel before he got married to Cynthia Grossman. How um, did he get the name Herschel? I don't know. I don't know. I know he was born in Georgia, and he was a, a football star. I think he even played for the Giants for a short time. Do you remember that? I, I wasn't remember born Giants, when what? he was playing. Oh, oh, okay. Were you born when Mickey Mantle was playing? No. But you know Mickey Mantle. I know Herschel Walker, but I didn't know he played for the Giants. Okay, now you know Herschel Walker. Herschel Jr. Walker is his uh, is his full name. But um, you know, he, has, he, has, uh, he has a famous kid. Who has a big media presence, Christian Walker. Okay. He's against his father's uh, candidacy. Okay. Because his father's too conservative, but, you know, yeah. it's a whole shock of there. Yeah, I don't you know. I don't. About, were you talking about uh, Bill de Blasio on the subway? Yeah, mask? good old Bill. Just, uh, just to come back to that. So I always wondered, people always wonder uh, why people are driving their car alone with a mask on. I don't know if we covered that or not, do we? No. Uh, but I, I always have a theory about that. My theory is that... Um, that if you're in the car alone, you're within six feet of yourself. So you have to uh, wear a mask. And, you know, and the, if for those that learned the Dafyomi today, <laughs> in Masech and Adarim, it talks about how a person can excommunicate himself and then revoke that excommunication. So imagine he's excommunicating himself. Interesting. And uh, just to, for the sake of for discipline for some reason, then he could undo it. So I was looking at that this morning. I was learning that this morning before the sun came up. And now I know what you're doing at 5 a.m. Uh, yeah, and uh, 5.30. And, um, uh, but that reminded me, I pictured a guy driving his car with his mask on. He's within six weeks. He, he, could, he could spread the, the virus to himself. Very interesting. Something worth noting. Um, the Powerball is now over a billion dollars. Let me yeah. ask you, Abba, what would you do? What's the, uh, what's the, what's the, what's the one lump sum payout? That's what I'd like to know. Lump sum payout? $700 million? Let's say. I don't know. It's, that's $500 million you're throwing out. Okay. You got I, really, I, have a, I, have a, I have a jackpot. I have, it's called, I've got what it's called. I have the app on my phone where I could buy, um, I could buy Powerballs. I could buy all lotto, lotto things here. I could buy all lotto things here. I'm going to buy one right after we finish. Uh, this thing. I'll so, let you know uh, when it's drawing tonight. I don't. I don't. I really don't. If know. If it's tonight, I'll let you know tomorrow. If I'm not here tomorrow, uh, you should know that. Yeah. Uh, so how would your life change if you won seven hundred million dollars? Well, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take one day off. Probably. One day. Yeah. I don't think our, our our listeners don't deserve that. I think you should be here. I'll be two, I'll, two a days. If uh, I'll, I'll I'll let you know. I I if I win, I will I will uh, share it with uh, a lot of people. Would you? Yes. Yeah, you're making yeah, you're making funny faces. What's no, I'm curious. Like, what is does that, that mean? Is that a, a, a very odd concept to you? No, I'm you're just not familiar kidding. with that idea. I'm curious what you share with a lot of people what that what that means. I mean, like, put it, live it out. You just won seven hundred million dollars. What's your what's your first move? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I have to think about it. Ask me again. Ask me again tomorrow. Um, okay. I don't know if I want if I if I won seven hundred million dollars. I think the first place I'm going is buying an apartment at Israel. Okay, that's a million dollars. That's two million dollars, three million dollars. Okay. Um, you have six hundred ninety-seven million dollars left. Wow. What else are you doing? <laughs> I'll. Uh, I'm going I'm to set up a. You get your own subscription to the New York Post. No, no, that's actually, twelve dollars a month, right actually, there. I, think, I don't know. I think that's a little too expensive. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. You could buy Hamadia and uh, Yated and and Ami. Yeah. And what's the other one called? Mishpacha. Yeah. That's a lot of money. I was like, I don't know, like fifteen dollars on the cover a month. So uh, no, each issue is like fifteen dollars. Oh, seriously. It? I don't know. I don't know. What would I do with $700 million? What would, guys, what would you do with $700 million? Let's hear it. Go ahead, send us an email. 
the daily thread yeah, at but we, our, our, our people don't usually win those things it's very very rare i think it's yeah. very rare in general it's, also, it's, like it's because we're such a minority amount and the uh, number in the population it's unlikely statistically that we're gonna uh, one of that we're gonna win you know they say statistically that the people who do win the lotteries don't don't end up too happy you know like i'm not gonna go through each one now but they say people go broke and they and they 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 lose their family and you know, because you get you you end up having a lot of new friends when you win seven hundred million dollars. Right, right. I think the the main the main thing is if you do win, keep it secret. Don't tell anybody. Yeah, show up tomorrow whether you win or or not. Okay, so if you see us tomorrow, you will never know. Okay, what else is in the so uh, what else uh, is in the news these Hurricane days? Sandy ten years oh, ago. I almost forgot about that. Hurricane Sandy's tenth, tenth anniversary. Tenth anniversary is the, around the 29th, now. The twenty ninth of October is when it hit. That was crazy times. That was that was crazy time. You know, there happens to be a Verizon. Uh, outage here yeah uh, in cedarhurst maybe it's in honor of the 10th anniversary uh, i don't know but it's rem i see the the verizon trucks on central avenue i don't know what they're doing you know i yeah in the olden days before there was cell phones you used to with your phone used to go down you would call a telephone company they go into your closet they have a telephone closet on every floor they even have it here in this building and you go into the closet and there's yellow wires blue wires green wires red wires and they just they're like jumbled together like a like a kid playing with a ball and all of a sudden, the guy just moves a couple of wires around. All of a sudden, you can call Australia, you know, uh, and and it doesn't make any sense, you know. Yeah. So. Um, well, shout out to Verizon for like not having Wi-Fi for almost two days here. Really appreciate it. I can't wait to receive my monthly bill and pay it with a smile on my face. Those were those were difficult days. They were. I was talking to Shulam Klein from the Rockaway NASA security patrol that really came into existence about two years before Hurricane Sandy. Achiezer also came into existence, and right? Yeah, During they, Hurricane they, Sandy. They, they were pressed into emergency service. And they, they, they um, maybe they would have evolved slower, but Hurricane Sandy forced them to uh, hit their stride and to uh, respond the way they did. Uh, I mean, I used to get phone, before the storm hit, we got phone calls from Nassau County government t saying everyone south of, of Sunrise Highway, which is where we are, should evacuate. And we didn't. Uh, we didn't evacuate. We didn't evacuate. And if I remember correctly, the storm came. We were at home. Right. And we lost power at some point. Right. The next night, we went ahead and went to the hotel on Rockaway Turnpike, right. which is now a Holiday Inn that is for homeless people. But that was the one we went it, to? It wasn't a Holiday Inn. It was something else. We went to Rockaway Turnpike Hotel. It was the only hotel that had any near rooms. The near the near airport. Near the airport. We stayed there. I got was, one night. I got. I got, managed to book one night. I begged them for more nights. But they were booked. Because who was coming in town? FEMA workers were coming in town, and they booked all the FEMA right. workers to sleep there. The FEMA workers were coming <laughs> to help us and rescue right. us, and they were right. kicking we us out of the hotel. And so. then, it will give a shout-out, you know, I think you and Ema slept in the house a little bit. Yeah, yeah. You but know me, what? Me, we, had, we had hot water. That's yeah. all you had. And I remember there was candles and fires lit to just, you know, we were, all, all in all, we were out of power for around two weeks. You know, the power did come back on, and then there was a snowstorm, right. and then it went out again. <laughs> Here in Cedarhurst, where we're sitting now, there was power. Yes, we slept in the office. We slept one, one night. It was very, very uncomfortable. I was, I was fine. Uh, it was very uncomfortable. The floors are very hard. The couches that I have. It's crazy to think that, you know, it's crazy to think about that that happened. But what I wanted to say is that when I came out onto the street in Cedarhurst, I used to look down with Lawrence, and you would, all you always saw was black. Yeah. All of Lawrence scary. was dark, black. It was scary. Uh, and now a lot of people have generators, so yeah. we're not going to be left that vulnerable uh, again. But, you know, a big shout out to Morty Solomon, the Solomon family from Lawrence. Right, because put you and us in up there. They, we, me and my brother, we slept there. How many for, nights did you sleep there? 
for many nights, and you also then came and slept there, there. I was there at least two nights, I think, and he also served us breakfast. So, yeah, breakfast. We, Morty, we were there. Morty and Melanie Solomon. You can't yeah. leave Melanie out of the... Of course. Uh, and uh, they were very gracious uh, hosts, and I remember the morning... Uh, when we heard a rumor that power might be back up and we kept calling the house phone. To see if it rang. See if, not if it rang, to see if the voicemail answered. Oh, right, right, right. right. The voice, it would ring and ring and ring and ring. That man power was still out. All of a sudden, boom, the voicemail came on. We knew we were on the way home. I, I, I remember the moment that we went back home the first time and <laughs> we were, we had, everyone was by us because Malky and Woodmere still didn't have power and I think maybe Cedarhurst didn't have power, parts of Cedarhurst. And then everyone was by us. And it was snowing, and we're like, "Oh my goodness!" And then, boom, power out. And then we had to we had to scramble again. Um, some got hit worse than others. You know, I know we spent the Shabbos in Crown Heights back then at right, at right. and and uh, by, by Olivia Trebrook. We stopped in his we slept in their house, but we ate by Crandy uh, and Moshe Klein by Moshe Klein in Crown Heights. So, and, which and, and, you know, and, it's funny because Brooklyn was like, yeah, it was, a, it was a rainy day in Brooklyn. Brooklyn wasn't touched because their wires <laughs> are on the ground. You don't know what's going on 15 miles from here. It's a disaster. What like, are you talking about? We're living out of garbage bags, and in Brooklyn, <laughs> they're just like still wearing their Farragamo belts and everything. It's crazy, but. But, you know, a lot of people's lives were forever, you know, altered by that. Their houses were ruined. And, and you know, I covered uh, in a story in the Five Towns Jewish Times that comes out tomorrow. It's called uh, Sandy, 10 years later. Uh, I remember meeting with one woman who, whose house was completely ruined. And she had uh, uh, flood insurance and, uh, you know, um, homeowner's insurance. And the insurance company went ahead, took the money and paid the rest of her mortgage because the banks were working with the insurance company. The banks were, they were, gonna, were afraid they were going to get stuck with people that were unable to pay. So the insurance company paid the bank. She, and never, she had no money to fix her house. That's unfortunate. That's crazy. You know what? I think Sandy is one of those things that you look back and you're like, whew, that was like a, it was like a rough time. But, you know, recently I've been doing this a little bit. But even in 10 years from now, it'll even be even more. We're going to think back and look at times of covid and you're going to, you're going to, th- like, I was just reminiscing the other day about it with somebody. And it's just like. About COVID? Yeah. But like, we're walk- like not walking outside, gloves, masks, not crazy. contact with nobody. We're talking like, I don't know if I left, you know, because I, I had a, I had a baby during COVID. I don't think I left for like eight weeks from indoors. Like it was a crazy, crazy time. And you lived down the block from me and this lived across the street from me and we wouldn't. We didn't see each other. Like Pesach, I was home. You were in your house, and we all just. Uh, it's just a crazy, uh, crazy uh, time. I, I remember when we finally went back to Shul. There was a Lucite uh, petition between the um, the, the, the Balkora and the person getting the Aliyah. Uh, the the guy laning was wearing a mask and surgical gloves because they didn't want to touch the Sefer Torah where the yeah. other guy touched. And you know, one of the most one of the biggest no-nos in a minion is you don't give a father and a son Hagba and Galila. That's but the during only COVID, you only gave a father and son Hagba and Galila because they were yeah. both in the same bubble. I remember being by KMH during during COVID and we were outside in the tent and by laning the Rav got all seven Elias. Really? They gave the Rav all seven Elias because they did not they did not want to have anybody else coming up. It was probably early on when people just started getting to school and we're going to talk about this to our kids and to our great grandkids and grandkids yeah, they're not believe and, and they're like, what are you talking <laughs> about? Well, can you imagine it. that we didn't, there was no laning in shul for like two months, a month and a half. And then some shuls, when they went back, laned all the parshas. <clears throat> I don't know about that, but I know that I, I spent some time in Woodmere by, uh, by Malky uh, and, and her family. And uh, there was a, there was a minion around the corner outside minion around the corner 
And the first week I went there, um, they uh, they had um, they had no safe Torah, so you just didn't lean on Shabbos morning. Okay. Wow. The next week that I went there. They had a safer Torah, but no Balkore. So they, they didn't lean again. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I mean, that was we, we were feeling our way to a, into a new reality that had yeah. to, we had to adjust to. And it's and it's not that long ago. And and um, maybe we'll spend an episode talking about soon. You know, people going back to shuls or staying outside in their outdoor minyanim because there are a lot of new minyanim that were propped up during during that time that still are in existence. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, that's true. And that's true. We, uh, we, we should, you know, we should, uh, we have a lot of room here. We should get, we should get a guest. Maybe. Once a week, a guest for, for 10 or 15 minutes. Okay. There's we not that much room between it's, us. It's busy on Central Avenue. We can grab one of these people and just bring them in here. I bet you have the streets. An interesting story to, to tell. Okay. You know, well, it's a nice day. It's a warm day in New York. It's already in the 60s. Yeah. And beautiful. Uh, Baruch Hashem, it's a, it's, a, it's a nice time of year. It's a nice time of year. And this is our daily thread for today, Wednesday, October. October. Scratch November that. 2nd. November 2nd. November 2nd. Uh, 2022 coming at you from Cedarhurst, New York. Uh, Nachi Gordon here with my father Larry Gordon and then people know who we are people yeah. say you know I saw you talking to that redheaded guy yeah you know now they know you, I told you to put our names under the thing we'll try I'll, I'll okay. try I'll have try a to, great day everybody try to work we'll it out of course you can go ahead and email us at the daily thread at meaningfulminute.org and we will see you tomorrow